God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. David! What's up, brother? Dude, so glad. <laughs> so freaking glad to be here right now with you. Yeah, you know I mean? Uh, likewise, brother. This is an absolute blessing. Yeah. I got the phone call and I didn't even hesitate, man. I felt tired and just drove on out here. Super ecstatic and excited. I, I love what you've done here. Appreciate it. This has taken some planning and... I know, a long time in the making. Oh. It's like, it's incredible to see, to like have a vision of something, right? And like, put it, put thought into action and like create something that you've always wanted to do or like, you know. My mom, uh, I had probably like one or two years sober and my mom was like, you should start a podcast, you know? And I was like, right. I was like, yeah, oh, that'd be tight, you know, because I've, I've always, like, listened to a lot of recovery type of stuff, mm-hmm. and, like, it's always been a big part of my recovery process to, like, wake up in the morning, you know, I start the day with prayer and meditation, and, like, read some spiritual literature, like, get into some recovery literature, and then I, I commute a lot, like we were talking about earlier, right. and yeah. so... I love to put on, like, some type of recovery podcast or, like, a motivational type of media like that. That food. Yeah, dude. No, it's very important. You know, it talks about it in the Bible, right? Like, be aware of what you're putting into your senses. Like, guard your eyes, guard guard your ears, guard your heart, you know? Because, like, the information that we put into our minds and into our heart, like, it comes out of us. Right. You know what I mean? You are right. who you hang out with. You hear that a lot. And a lot of that is yeah. because, like, the things that you hear and the things that you're talking about with other people, we regurgitate that to other people. Right. You Just, know what I mean? It gets instilled in us. Yeah, it's dude. A part of you. Exactly. And that's why, like, how we're raised is so important, too. You know what I mean? Because those values that are instilled in us through childhood and, like, the people that we're spending time with like matters yeah you know what i mean and that's honestly brother that's a sad thing to see in our society now these values are now where we're losing them yeah like you look at the things that are being put out into this world the wickedness the level of wickedness that we see in this world and 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 everybody's just uh kind of tolerating it and we as followers of christ you know we are called to not be okay with this thing yeah, to not be conformed with this world and its darkness and yeah. and and oh my goodness, it's 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 just really terrible to see what's going out there. But the number one thing is we have hope. Yeah, I go into these rooms and and these places of recovery. Yeah, and these places of faith and 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 I do see hope. Yeah, and, no, hundred percent. And you're right. Like, just because everyone else is doing it. Like, doesn't mean that we should follow suit. You know what I mean? And it's so normal. I see it in my own kids. You know what I mean? Like, they're doing, like, these dances and, like, just doing what they see other people doing. Right. And just because everybody else is doing it doesn't make it okay. You right. Know what I mean? And it's very important to, like, be the change. You know right. what I mean? To, like, be like, hold on. Like, this is not in line with my morals and values. Like, 
just because I see everybody else doing it doesn't mean I need to be doing it either. Like, what does the Bible say, right, about this? Like, what do people that I look up to say about this? Yeah. And, like, try to be more like Christ and, and like, follow His teachings more than the world's teachings. And, like, right. we're called to not be of this world. Yeah. Right, you know what I mean? To not be conformed to this world. Yeah. But be transformed by the renewal of your right. mind. And today I stand here confidently with my mind renewed right brother I, I was I was lost and bound up in addiction yeah. I was running the streets aimlessly man yeah looking like a straight zombie my boy called me a mummy one time you know why because my face was wrapped up I couldn't stop picking myself in the mirror bro oh uh, I remember oh that. bro you saw me at my worst brother and yeah. I saw you at your worst bro. yeah and we get to look at each other right. now with our faces are lit up. We glow. Yeah. Everywhere I go, like, it, it, so I've had people just randomly tell me, "Bro, you're freaking glowing. Whatever you're doing, keep doing it because you're glowing." It's a miracle, bro. Keep emanating that light, brother. It's a, it's a real miracle. It's a hundred percent miracle. So, let's take it back. I mean, I've known you. I don't know, going on ten years or so. We used to run around in the streets together and stuff. But yeah. Let's take it all the way back. Like, how was your childhood growing up and like what do you think the factors were that got you into drugs in the first place do you think it was like in the way that you were raised do you think it was the community in which you were brought up in do you think like the was it nature or nurture like do you is there addiction in your family did you see it or was it just like you got caught up in, in the streets through school or like through people you were hanging out with? So, um, my parents came from the Soviet Union, which is the part first of generation. Ukraine. First generation. I'm first generation. I was born here. So, my parents came immigrants, from, uh, immigrants pretty yeah. much. Re re actually, refugees, rather. They were actually escaping persecution. The reason why my parents were the first ones on a plane over here yeah. was because they were Christians. And they were persecuted. Our family was persecuted for generations for being Christians. Wow. And for that reason, we they were on one of the first flights out into the U.S., which was a huge blessing overall. Yeah. You know what I mean? But so from so they came from the Soviet Union. Uh, they established themselves in uh, Los Angeles, Los Angeles uh, County, Montebello. That's where I was born. And from Montebello, we moved to North Highlands. And how did how did this addiction come about? Honestly, from an early age, man, I had this, I had the, I had this enticement, and I look at like, honestly, it's from a big part of it was to do with movies, bro. Yeah. You know what I saw, man? I saw that mob film, bro. Right. They got right. the Rolexes. They're they're all uh, yeah. charismatic, and they're freaking. Yeah. They're the man. They out here making money. I was enticed. Yeah. Same. By Hollywood, bro. That's how you know. We need to call it for what it is, dude. Hollywood is backed by Satanists, and they worship Satan over there. And that's how you get that power coming out of Hollywood. It's, it's from that, man. It's, it's wickedness. They're preaching wickedness. Man. There's a lot to be said about that, you know. And like, right. There's a lot of evidence for that. And I agree, man. Like, I, I was in the same boat where, like, I was... I was unsupervised a lot as as a kid, you know, right. and like so, 
uh, and my dad wasn't around, you know, God bless him, he worked his ass off, and, like, I didn't never wanted for anything, you know, so grateful for both of my parents, but, like, the the men that I was looking up to were people that I saw on the screen, Right. you know what I right. mean, like, I seen these figures that were, like, big buff dudes, had the, had the money, had the girls, that's and, a man. Right, that's what he's a man feared, was. He's respected. Yeah, or like a commando guy, killer, you know right, what I mean? Right, 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 Rambo, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah so running Gangsters, down. outlaws, so all enticing. of that. And, and growing up, I was rewarded for violence. You know what I mean? Right, for like being right. a tough kid, right. not taking any shit from anybody. Right. You know what I mean? And like in sports, rewarded for violence. Uh, you know, girls, all that, you know what I mean? They want the tough guy, and for whatever reason, you know, I was attracted to that too, and, it, and I don't think that's the same for everybody necessarily, you know, but but I, I feel like we both kind of grew up in that. Right, you know, I was really fortunate to be, you know, brought up in the household, and my parents yeah. tried their best. They're set, look, there's seven kids. Yeah. They came with the clothes on their back and like a few hundred bucks, bro. And they came and they made it work. They yeah. got to work. American dream, right? right? They're living the American dream yeah. now. Still. Right. And it's a, it's, it's a profound blessing, bro. Um, how can you go from... And, and obviously, look what's going on in Ukraine, man. Like, I, I can't help but yeah. wonder, what would my life be like if we never moved here? If right. I was still live in Ukraine? There's a war going on over there. Right. You know what I mean? And my, You'd and, probably be involved, right? I mean... Oh yeah, someone comes into my, because I'm American, right? Someone comes into America, you know, it, it's time to defend your land, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I don't know where I'll be, I just kind of, you know, I just kind of reflect on that sometimes, kind of help but wonder, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, so, you know, brought up, I was brought up really in a good household and they tried their best. I didn't have the best clothes, I was made fun of for my clothes in school and, and that's one thing that really got me into the streets was seeing that, you know, a little bit of money or I can walk out of stores with clothing for free yeah. and look fresh. You know what I mean? I didn't grow up with much. Right. I, was, I grew up with very little. My, you know, God bless their hearts. They, they, they kept us fed, man. And, yeah. you know, um, they did there's what they some, could. There's, there's a lot to say just for that. Right. You know. 100%. So what, what was, like, your first experience like using and... How did it progress from there? It's high school, man. Um, high school, the first time you ever used the, alcohol, anything? Oh, dude, the first time I used alcohol, I actually got, oh, man, I actually drank a whole handle of brandy, bro, when oh, I was no. 13, brother. Yeah, actually, you know what, I, I haven't even thought about that in a while. That's good you're picking my brain on this because I didn't even, I didn't even, I haven't recalled this in a minute, but yeah, I had a alcohol poison when I was 13, almost died. I actually broke, like, actually chipped this bone right here fell on my bed bam so that's 13 years old so knowing what we know now Mm -hmm. like those are experiences that like are red flags Mm -hmm. for alcoholism you know what I'm saying like once you start drinking you can't stop and my my first experience was similar like drank to complete oblivion and just like shit face puking out the window like an idiot, you know, and, and normal people don't drink like that, you know, I mean, there's a lot of people, that's their first experience, because you don't know what you're doing, right. you're just drinking, yeah, like, the, you know, 13 so, but let me ask you this, when you drink, like, do you, 
do you feel like you're in control when you drink, or do you feel like you're able to control it? Or, like, For do me, you ever have beers and then all of a sudden, like, you're shit-faced and didn't plan on it? Right, That that's how, see, where alcohol becomes the problem is when you use it as, like, a, a suppressor. When anything is the problem, like, I know people that party yeah. and have, live a good life and do, do cocaine and this and that. They're, like, not addicts. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. They're able to, you know these people too. Yeah. And it's, 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 it just baffles me because like, I would take it in a whole other direction. You know what I mean? Yeah. It would go haywire real quick. You run and gun until the wheels fall off. Yeah. You know, that's, that's one thing that keeps me from relapsing on heroin and meth. It's like, I know what I'm capable of yeah. and, and what, and, and, and I know I'm not going to stop for a good minute, man. Right. Probably till the most you know probably till death bro because what yeah, we're yeah. looking at nowadays nowadays looking, it's ugly out it's there. fentanyl yeah. look the game is not the same yeah. it is not the, it's not this heroin anymore or oxycontin that stuff as bad as it was bro this is crazy to even say this that stuff is innocent compared to fentanyl because yeah. fentanyl you take a hit off of whatever hit vapor Russian roulette. and you're done yeah you don't wake up man you have I no know, idea what kind of dose you're taking. There's countless children right now, man, without their father or mother because of fentanyl. Recently, People recently know. someone just died, left, left a beautiful wife and four children. Gone, man. Like that. This guy was in ministry. This guy kept it sober. He got countless people out of addiction. He had his life together, and he's gone. That's how it really It is. comes creeping up on you, man. We get complacent. We get like, complacent. We, we just want to party or like escape or, or whatever it is. When we get complacent in our recovery and things get difficult or we just have a lapse in judgment, you know what I mean? Because we're not connected. And, right. and uh, you know, that one lapse in judgment can take your life. 100%. You know? And that's why it's so very important to like, you know, if you're in recovery, it's like put recovery first, you know, right. like build everything else off of that foundation, foundation of recovery. Yeah. Because when shit gets sticky, if you don't have that foundation to fall back on, then you're going to fall back on those old habits. That, that'll happen basically 100% of the time. Yeah. You are going to fall back. It's pretty much almost a guarantee, you know. Yeah. You got to have, you got to have that discipline and a, and a foundation. You know, it comes down to saying no. It comes down to reaching that rock bottom and being like, hey, you know what? This is not the best version of myself. That's kind of what it took, you know, for me to enter into rehab and to turn away from my, you know, sinful ways and to start a better life. You really have to put your foot down and say no, you know what I mean? And want something different. 100%, man. It's, it's, it's that want, you know? Like... We can, we can sit here all day and, and try to entice people to recover or to get off drugs. Yeah. The really hard reality of all that is it, it has to be you. Yeah. So, you know, therefore, what I rely on in this ministry to help people to recover or to bring them to God is my prayer for that heart to be softened. Yeah. And for the seeds that I'm going to bring and the water that I bring, yeah. eventually bear fruit to the point where that person gets sober and has a chance at life like I was given. 100%. You know, it's, 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 it's just like that, man. 
you you gotta water to to be refilled replenished yourself you know and that's one thing that keeps us sober and you know I, I, I do see these people in recovery and they don't there's like a selfishness to it it's like you made it out the woods you have been staying sober and you've been rocking it out but you are not you're not sharing with anybody yeah. on how that was done you have to that's that's a big part of you being you know replenished and staying sober yeah and you know for me like it's it's the biggest part of my program is helping other people to get and stay sober like it's so rewarding to be able to help anybody you know to come to the light and like to help them heal and like walk them through these steps and you know you see the light come on in their eyes you know and you see them like start to build a relationship with their higher power and then you know and then they might start to get stuff back like their life gets better dude you know they get they get a car you, you, you they get, get to witness this. Yeah, they get to witness you that and like play a part this. in it and they're so grateful that you were just at that meeting and like shared your message and planted that seed you that know testimony and yeah. i've had multiple guys that i've sponsored like come up to me and just like i heard your story when you're speaking and, and you know i've related to it and and uh, yeah, the power of planting that seed, you know, and like being that beacon of light. And uh, and you're right, man. It's so vitally important that we go to these meetings and like have these outreaches, and just to like let people know that there is a way out. You know what I mean? That you don't have to die on the streets alone. Yeah. Like you can live a life of purpose after addiction. Amen. And like all the pain and turmoil that you went through in the streets doesn't have to be in vain. Mm. You know, you can use all that negativity and all that darkness that the devil used against us and God will flip the script and use and it for the best purpose. way possible. Yeah. Um, what's that scripture, you know, for, for those, you know, all things work for the good for those who love God. Yeah. And you gain that relationship, you build that relationship with God and you get to know him and what do you yeah. do from knowing God you end up falling in love with him yeah. because you see the mercy the grace and the power yeah. look I'm, I, I don't just speak of Jesus because there's no power there yeah. I speak of Jesus because he is the ultimate power all powerful, all powerful brother the, the, the most high the alpha the omega the great I am brother and we have this opportunity to build this relationship with him. And it's, it's profound, bro. Yeah. Uh, the, the drive up here, I'm like, dude, you got a crib. You, set, you established this beautiful setting right here where we can talk about recovery yeah. and, 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 and have that chance to share to people what God has done for a lot. I mean, that's just, I'm blown away. <laughs> I'm ecstatic, yeah, man. Like, <laughs> I'm ecstatic, man. It's incredible, and yeah. you know, the relationship with with a higher power to go back to that is like, mm -hmm. what, what was hard for me, and I know is hard for a lot of people, is like, even being able to understand the love that God has for us. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because a lot of times when we're out there, like trapped in addiction. We feel so unloved and unwanted and like pushed away. Pushed yeah. away. 100%. And I can attest to the fact that God never left. 
You know what I mean? Even in my darkest moment, he was there waiting for me, with me, every step of the way. Like, guided me through, got me through so many sticky-ass situations I should have died or been locked up for a long, long time. And, you know, looking back, it's obvious, but, you know, through building this relationship with Jesus Christ and, like, building this relationship with the Creator of all things, like, I, as a father... And as a man, like, I have a big heart and, like, a lot of love for people and obviously my children. Amen. And that can't even hold a candle to the love that God has for us. Right. Like, the unconditional love that our Creator has for us is beyond capability of even explaining. Right. And, like, so just... Like, just that alone was such an eye-opener that, like, I'm loved and I'm forgiven and, I and like, and that's it. You know what I mean? You're covered in the blood. I'm it? covered in the blood and that's it. I'm yeah. forgiven yeah. And, I, and he never stopped loving me. What, what regardless are, of all the dumb stuff I've done. Right. Clean like, slate. Bro. Clean slate. He, he takes that, that sin and all that filth yeah. and just... In the deepest part of the ocean, my friend. He does not think about it again. And, you know, it's just amazing how, like you said, flip the script, man. That's like, that's key words right there. That's what God does every time on Satan. You are victorious in Christ Jesus. You are more than a conqueror. Battle's already won. Battle's already won. If you're, look, if you're struggling with addiction and you have even the smallest faith you can conquer that addiction all through that little bit of faith in the highest power in the universe yep. you, you gotta build that and have that and just that's, the, small, yeah, that's, the smallest little faith yeah that's what we work in that second step right right came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity like just having that faith that I can recover you know what I mean and I remember coming into the rooms and and seeing dudes that were way worse off than me. You know what I mean? And like I knew these dudes out in the streets. Yeah. And like seeing them with a smile on their face and like healthy and right. like come up and give me a hug right. and like bro, if this dude can recover, right? right? <laughs> and, and, and not that I'm better than anybody, no, but just like 100%. The, the depths of hell oh. are infinite. Right. You know what I'm saying? And right. I, people went lower than I went and are able to pull themselves out of it. So, like, seeing that other people were able to do it gave me some faith that I could do it, too. And honestly, that's speaking of people getting out, man, I, I've been seeing a lot of friends uh, getting out. Yeah. It's it's a beautiful thing. Like, yeah. you know, if, if, if you're listening to this and and you got out of addiction, man, you yeah. you have something going for you, period. Period. You, you've already beaten the odds. It's yeah. not that easy to just walk up out of something... Like addiction, right. you don't just recover from it overnight. It's it's not it's 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 beautiful that this is actually even a possibility. It's within reach. That's right. that's that's the it, it's it's shocking that it's even a it's the lie is dead because honestly, you know what I was told at one point in my addiction by people close to me is that I don't have a chance. Yeah, that's the hope that was given to them. By my failures and the things that I did to them, the things, the brokenness that I brought into the home, you know what I mean? Not, not only like do you not have a chance, but like 
I was told I should have died. Right. You know what I'm saying? I deserve to die, you know, instead of other people. And, like, going back, how you asked me, like, this is another memory that just popped up. Bro, I drank a whole bottle of Pepto-Bismol when I was a kid, bro. And you know what? One of the hardest words I've heard in my addiction, bro, how low I, I gotten my, my, myself to, you know, to be, is my mom telling me she wishes I would have died when I drank that Pepto-Bismol. Because then I would have been in heaven, and I would have been with God, because I was only three years old. Instead of what I'm running the muck. I mean, the, 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 she was speaking the truth from the heart, bro. Yeah. That is what you do to your families yeah. when you are out there acting like a gangster or whatever, middle manning sacks and smoking fentanyl and crank. That is what you do to your family. They wish you would have died as a child rather than seeing you going and running amok and doing the things that you're doing. Yeah. That is powerful right there. That, that brings chills down my spine. Our poor mothers. Oh, my goodness. What do we do? And she's still chugging along and all dealing the, with the, all the kids that we have in our family. There's seven of us. All the sleepless nights and just, oh. like, all the pain and worry. Dude, I can still see it on my mom's face, oh, bro. Man. You know what I mean? Like, it's, right. it's still just right there on I, the surface. Uh, I, I could still tell she really doesn't trust me still. Like, she's just waiting for the ball to drop and, like, me to, like, no, just on. fucking do it. Come on, she sees you. Come on, nah, come She on. knows, like, she is so beyond grateful that I am am where I'm at. Oh, for you know sure, I mean? 100%. Like, I'm a fucking miracle, there's no doubt about it. But, like, point blank period. that pain is still right there, you know what I mean? And, like, she has lost, you know, her brother died from addiction. We've, you know, I've obviously lost a lot of people close to me, and she's seen it, dude, and she's felt it, and, like, our poor mothers, man, you know, all the stuff that we put them through, and, and God bless them, they just, you know, stayed in our corner through it all, and, uh, you know, I'm beyond blessed to even have a mother, you know what I mean, and, and to have one that has loved me unconditionally, and that like didn't parents right both of them I mean your parents are still together they're still together my parents are still together you know what kind of blessing that is that's incredible most yeah. most parents are our parents age and, and yeah. you know us being the children our age are not together yeah I was one of the only people in my friend group that had parents that were together right yeah that's that's big so that's big going back to to mm. your using so you started using in high school and then, like, yeah. when did it start to become a, a problem? Where you're like, Oxycontin, bro. Yeah. I got out of high school, man. Yeah. Uh, I had a bundle of cash, dude. Yeah. Cool little mouth from an accident, you know? Um, and, you know, I, I was pretty much caught hanging around, like, the wrong people at the time. This is kind of how it went down. And, and this is why, you know, it's really important to know who you're surrounding yourself with. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I was surrounding myself with the wrong people, and... I wasn't really using, like, Oxy yet. I did cocaine. I was more like a pothead, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I wasn't really drinking much at the time, but I was seeing with these people, and my parents caught wind, and it, they were so concerned for me that they, it was like they didn't know how to react. Let's put it that way. Yeah. And it just got to the point of me not stopping wanting to smoke weed and hang out with these people, and my parents being so concerned knowing that these people sell Oxycontin and thinking that I'm already on it. 
So they were like, you're on drugs. Just admit you're on drugs. Because like, they're like 100% convinced. So eventually, I got beat down to this point, you know, just from multiple different angles. I would never blame my parents for my addiction, but, you know, from multiple different angles, I got pushed into just being like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to do this Oxycontin because I want to suppress what I feel inside. Mm-hmm. First time I did it, I threw up. I didn't like it. Yeah. Second time I did it, it started getting a little, you know, oh, what? Okay, because I did a little less and I didn't throw up, right? right. And then it just spiraled from there. Um, that, that, that bankroll that I had was gone. The truck that I had was sold. Yeah. And like within, it, it, it just happened so quickly. It happened so, it, you spiral out of control so fast. Yeah. And, and, and that's what happened, man. Um, I fell into this, like, almost like a nightmare, dude. Mm-hmm. For around 12 years, man. Total, you know? So that was like when I was 19. So basically, you know, the story from Oxy goes how, you know, it goes from Oxy to heroin. Yeah. It goes from smoking heroin off of foil to slamming it. Yeah. And um, it just progresses from there. And then to stay up and not feel tired off the heroin, what do you do? You smoke a little bit of crank. So now you got to have some crank or some crystal meth to stay off off the droopy heroin that keeps you down. Yeah. Now you're off two drugs. You're smoking cigarettes, you're drinking alcohol, you're, yeah. you know, I mean, I, I got, I got to that point where I was just literally a, a degenerate. Yeah. You know how big of a degenerate, bro? I'll be vulnerable here, dude. Like some people, you know, I, some people pride themselves and I would too. I never stolen from family, for instance, let's say someone said that I'd pride myself on that. Me, I didn't care. Yeah. I took that ring. I took that hard earned money. From family members wallets I took that tool because at that point you just really don't I'll sell the house homeboy yeah I don't feel well yeah. and I don't want to feel like this for much longer yeah and you know the answer that's the dangerous part there about heroin or is that physical addiction because once you are drawn in once you are hooked man and and you need that every waking hour of the day yeah and you like, are no longer going to be a functioning human being. That's and it, it really it really taps into that survival mechanism in our brain to where like we really feel like we need to get that drug to survive. Like it, it hacks into that same part of our brain. It's, so it's, it's do or die. Yeah. We're willing to do whatever it takes to get and use more because we feel like we need it to survive. Yeah. All of our morals and, and ethics go out the window. And uh, we do things that we're ashamed of and that we would never do in you know, a right mind. In a right mind. Yeah. And, that's, uh, that's 100% true. Yeah, man. Like you're saying, it's just like it becomes second nature and like we're just using all day, every day. You know, I'll share one story about you that I tell other people sometimes. Oh. Like, I, I used to buy heroin from you. And I, I would come to your house early in the morning because I still had a job at the time. Right, right. And I would come to your house in the morning to get a bag to get well and, and like, just go through my day. And this fool used to roll over and spark his fucking meth pipe like it was a cup of coffee to get out of bed. And like, <laughs> I'd have to tote that thing at least a dozen times. <laughs> just bro. to get moving, bro. Just to get moving. Straight up, like, 
what are you doing at my house at seven in the morning? He was like, he was like the functioning drug addict yeah, at that point. Trying to. Right. No, you looked, you actually yeah. looked good, bro. Yeah. You drove around in the company truck yep. and you had money in your pocket. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you were kind of doing it, right? I, I was, I was able to hold it together until, you know, my girl at the time caught wind and like bailed on me. And then I was like, you know, I quit that job to chase her and my daughter and uh, it just started a, a nasty tailspin. Yeah, you know? But thankfully, I was using it or making enough money at the time to like use and like support my habit and like you know. But I was not living a good life. No, you, you weren't know? having the steal or doing anything crazy at that time. Right. Um, but right. you you were you were at my house every day, bro. Yeah. Um, unannounced, announced. Uh, it didn't matter. You know what I mean? You wanted that bag. And we were like buddies, so I couldn't only yeah. really be so mad at him. You know, he's yeah. probably the only guy I was able to come and knock on the apartment door, you yeah. know? Yeah. And yeah, man, dude. So yeah, when I met you, I met you through a mutual friend and uh Yeah. You you had you had the bag, you know what I'm saying? Gun, fucking like out there full blown slick back hair, the Gucci <laughs> belt with the buckle. You know what I mean? The leather like, jacket. Feeling like the man. The man. You know? And oh, you were just so balls deep in the game. Oh, dude. And, uh, yeah, I was like, okay, I'm going to, you know, hang out with this guy. Because I was on the same tip, you know what I'm saying? Like, wow. just fully engulfed in the streets and, like... You, you surround know. yourself with like-minded individuals. Right. Right. You know what I mean? That's 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 yep. what you do in that circumstance, you know. Yep. And then and you know, from from that point, like the using and like it all tailspin, like I said, and eventually, you know, got to the point where I was just all out in the streets, and you know, I, as wild as you were. I remember coming to you one time trying to convince you to rob an armored uh, car. I was literally me. just about to say that. Um, and this was a bad part. This is after. So he said I was on like at that time and I was yeah. doing the whole, I had the guns in the, in the bag. Yeah. Uh, when you came to me, we were I, had, I had nothing yeah, at yeah, that point. Yeah. I've lost it all. I was in and out of jail. I was living in a tent in someone's backyard. Yeah. Miss Young's backyard. Oh my goodness! I wonder if she still. She was. Yeah. She owned like a hundred houses. Yeah. Super wealthy lady. But anyways, I, I just wonder if she's still alive. She's. She was awesome lady. She let me stay in the backyard. But yeah. It's it's ridiculous, bro. Like, uh, I'm so happy that I denied that record. That, oh man. That, that proposition, dude. It could to go rob a bank. <laughs> like, yeah. I was literally considering it. I was down. I was down and out. Yeah, I know. I was down and out. And I was, I was involved in that lifestyle and was just, like, all in at the time, you 100%. know? 100%. And was, like, had it set up and, like, already had it planned <laughs> out. And, like, I just needed a couple more guns. Right. You know, a couple people. A couple more heads, yeah. Yeah, bro. It would have been on and cracking, bro. Sketch. Yeah, I, I told my girlfriend at the time, like... I'm so glad you said no to her. <laughs> I yeah, told her she said heck, though. She's like, as much as I respect and, like, blame, heck no. Yeah. <laughs> we wouldn't be here if probably we on that excursion. I mean, maybe we would, but there's a high likelihood we would. We would have got it, something would have thrown us off course. Yeah, you just <laughs> never know. Like those little decisions that change the trajectory. Well, imagine we get away with one. 
Let's yeah. say it's a decent bag. Yeah. And next thing you notice, we're selling it and this and that yeah, and blah, yeah. blah, blah. And then we come up on another one. Yeah. It's just, it's just get away with that one. It's the spiral. It won't end. It won't end. I had already been doing stuff like that and was like just all in because I'd already crossed the line. Right. You know what I mean? And so I was like already doing like federally fucked up stuff. Right. And was like, I don't even care anymore. Like mm-hmm. if they catch me, they catch me. I'm already out here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I might as well get to this bag while I have the opportunity. But that type of thinking doesn't get you freaking anywhere. No, you at all. I mean? And, and, and that shows our mental state of mind at the time. We yeah. don't, don't get it twisted. You know, it's not just drug addiction we're dealing with. Yeah. We got some really crazy thought processes. Oh man. Twisted. Like we, we, we don't think like your average person, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that, that's, that's, that thinking is what led us to the, our rock bottoms. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like the self-destructive tendencies yeah. and like thought patterns and all that, you know? Yeah. hundred percent. Freaking brutal. So what was the moment of clarity where you were like, I've had enough, dude? There's a few of those, man. You know, it takes a couple rock bottoms, bro, for hard knuckleheads like us, bro. But that one moment, dude, I tell you what, man, nothing will drive you more to get sober. Obviously, there's God. He's all he's the ultimate. But nothing besides that. Get your heart broken. Oh, yeah. When I went through that heartbreak, brother. Yeah, I know. It felt like the that was probably the worst feeling, the worst feeling I ever... I was like, I felt... The way it was done, too. Like, you going to bed with people that I considered enemies and this and that. The way it all unfolded was like my worst nightmare. Because I actually, you know... As, a, as, you know, as wicked as I was, I loved this girl. You know what I mean? I, I really did, and it really did hurt. And yeah. what do you think when you get belittled and, and betrayed by, you know, a woman that you love like that? What do you think? I'm going to shine. Yeah. I'm going to turn this around, and I'm going to the be-, be the best version of myself. Just nap. If you don't feel that way after a breakup, I'm sorry, my friend. You're, you're something wrong with you, dude. Like, you want to, you want to, you, what you don't want to do is show the person that broke up with you or that left you that she was right or that person was right. That's the last thing you want to do. I'm and sure. that's, and that right there, I was like, okay, a good part of it too was, bro, there's all this fentanyl coming in. I don't like the high. The game is changing. COVID had a big part of do with it too. That's when I went to rehab. That's when I, I was kind of put into this, I, no stores are open. Um, bro, if I would have waited till that EDD came out, I probably wouldn't be here either. Yeah. 20, if I got 20 grand at that point or something crazy from the government, yeah. 5Gs, uh, 2Gs, doesn't matter what it was. I, I went into rehab, I decided to go to rehab right before they put out that money. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. have went into rehab, bro. Yeah. You know? I, 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 that was a whole hustle in itself. It, it took a world pandemic, bro, for me to get the realization to go to rehab and, and get it together. I had to get backed up into this corner. Dude. Whatever it takes. Heartbreak, this, that, nothing was working for me. Um, and and it, it's just it's just asinine, bro, what it took for me to... I was, I was, it, it was a miracle by God. That's... 
Let me t- speaking of our mo- my mom, she's a prayer warrior. God bless her heart, man. I, uh, if it wasn't for her prayers, bro, I would not be here, bro. Yeah, hundred percent. She prayed for me the whole time, man. Yeah, well, I believe in that too. And 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 that's that was a, honestly a big big part of it, you know. Uh, and and for those, you know, it's so I know it's so hard to deal with people in addiction, and 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 if you have a family member. Or, or a loved one that's in addiction. One thing that I can tell you uh, while approaching this is is patience, man. Yeah. It is. It, it's gonna. If you really love this person and you do not want to see him go down that road and continue to suffer, man, it's it's patience. Cause honestly, around that point where I decided to go to rehab, my whole family kind of backed off of me. Yeah. They stopped like, you know, getting. They were. They kind of backed off of me. And God did his work and I went into rehab. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you're, con- you know, constantly pressing someone, that's a, that's an episode in and of itself is how to address people, you know, how to do uh, interventions or what have you, you know, we're going to obviously go further into this topic, but if you know someone that's an addiction, your natural reaction is like my parents. You kind of don't know how to react. Yeah, and 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 it's and your natural reaction, you want to strangle the person. Don't you know what you're doing? Yeah, I know. don't you know how much pain you're? You want to strangle that person, so that's your natural reaction. But the patience, man, it, it, you have to be, you have to be so patient with 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 these people in addiction because it's yeah. a ticking time bomb. And 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 I I was at you know I've been in those moments too where. Where I was like kind of creeping out of it. I'm kind of fifth day, sixth day withdrawing, and I'm almost over the hump, and and I'm really trying to better myself. But you you you're so you're sensitive at that point. I I, I get a hurtful thing or a comment from a family member or whatever, and bam, I'm back into it. Yeah, you don't have the tools. You don't have. I don't. I don't know how to deal with that. Yeah. You know what I mean. So the, you, it is really important to watch how you approach someone in addiction and it has to be done with the most patience, love and care as possible. Yeah. Even though you want to strangle the person and slap them and be like, yo, wake up, you're ruining your life. You're torturing your family. You know, however yeah. much you want to do that, it's, you got to let that patience settle in. Man. Yeah. And you know, my parents, <clears throat> my dad, like tried that with me. You know, mm-hmm. I remember I was struggling and, uh, my dad might have been sober at the time, I'm not sure, but, like, they knew that I was on drugs and had been using, and, like, they came home, and I don't know what sparked it off, but, like, that, you know, don't you know what the fuck you're doing? Right, like, don't you know that? Freaking yeah. out, like, I remember he ripped my door, like, uh, off yeah. the hinges, <laughs> and, like, we scuffled in the hallway... Doesn't I help. put my hand all the way through a wall into the next bedroom, you know what I, I mean? Did, like, I did that. Just that acting like an idiot, you know? And, like, right. that type of behavior doesn't really solve anything. No. And, you know, it is, man. It's a real touch and go with how to deal with addicts. Mm-hmm. And, and we'll, we'll spend some time on that at, at a different point in time. But, Absolutely. Because you do have to set boundaries. And, like, there's a line between, like, supporting and enabling and, and being there for somebody. <laughs> but, like, not enabling them you know it's a hard thing to deal that's, with that's like i said that's a full topic yeah. episode in and of itself so when you went to rehab you went to a christian-based rehab right god will provide ministry and did you grow up in a church 
Yeah, so parents, you know, like I said, they were persecuted Christians, so they were automatically, uh, you know, connected in with church over here. So you already had, a, like, a, a base of faith and yeah, knowledge to yeah. work from. You know, I, I heard what, who God was. I, 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 I would, you know, hear people talking about it, yeah. church, this and that, but I didn't. I didn't necessarily know God at that point, you know? Yeah. You know, what is God when you're a child? Like, it's just, it's really hard for, like, a child. That's why, yeah. innocent, you know, children, they're so innocent, you know? Yeah. They don't really know yet. Um, but, yeah, introduced at a young age and, you know, prayed over, blessed by pastors, this and that, you know? And, and uh from there, man, from, from go, how, how does someone brought up in a church and, and, you know, end up in the, in the situation and predicament that I, that I was in is, you know, the enemy is going to try to derail and dysfunctionalize your family to the best of his ability. You know, if you are a Christian, it's not easy necessarily. You know, people just think, oh, come to God, you know, prosperity, you know, it's that, you know, gospel, like, oh, everything's going to be, God's going to bless you with these riches, which he does. He does bless people financially, this and that, but, you know, you got to, you, you got to take it for what it is, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, At face know, value, then. I, I think as, you know, believers and like people that are in the light, we get attacked more than the average person, you know, because we're going against what the devil's trying to do here, you right. know, and especially people that, like us, that he had in his grasp, you know right. what I mean, like, right. had me, bro, you know, like, I was in the darkness, you know, and like, and feeling that darkness, bro, and like, harnessing that dark energy, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and then like, using that dark energy for my own gain, wallowing in it, yeah, yeah. bro, and like, enjoying it and like right. fucking just all in you the, know what the, i mean the pride yeah and the ego and like the violence and all that shit dude and then so and god's like no that's my son like yeah. you can't fucking have that right. you know yeah back and up. like the the evil and like the violence that i'm capable of is unspeakable right and so for god to to choose me to rescue me is un it's unbelievable yeah. you know to pull me out of the darkness mm. to pull me out of the grips of the enemy yeah. and say not this one you know is it's incredible and for me to to even to while in that darkness to see that light right to feel that spark and right. to feel that love and to reach out to that god and say Help me. Yeah, at your worst. At my worst, you know. And, you know, that's... Speaking of calling out to God, man, um, uh, this one's kind of a hard one for me to talk about, but, you know, this is one thing that really, really brought me to the realization that, you know, there's no doubt... I always knew God was real, but, like, He revealed Himself to me in a way where... I'd be idiotic or crazy to deny him, you know what I mean? I cried out to God, and I got in an argument with my brothers, and it came up, uh, the topic came up of prayer, and they're like, you don't pray, you're a freaking dirtbag, I don't hear you praying, I'm like, oh, you have to hear me praying, right? So I dropped to my knees, and I started screaming loud to God, man, 
And it just, my, my brothers left the house. I was in the house by myself, or actually wasn't by myself. My girlfriend was in the room probably thinking I was a freaking nut. You know, this is probably why she left me, but you know, I'm on the ground just, just crying. And I got to the point, man, where I was, I was literally in a puddle of sweat and tears. I was like slamming my hand on the ground. And I remember just splashing. That's how long I was on the ground crying for. And when I just thought like, okay, you know, God ain't going to come out to me. The front door opens. My parents are coming back from church. And as soon as I heard the front door open, this, 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 this ambient light, bro, unexplainable, just, just took, just went inside the hallway. My, my tears just literally evaporated before my eyes. Right before my eyes, my tears were evaporated, and I felt the most joy, peace, love, care, kindness, gentleness, um, and the, the, the feeling, like the joy, the amount of peace I had at that moment, even though I was like ready to self-destruct and I was in the worst moment of my life, I, I was overwhelmed by the Spirit of God in that moment, and that, like it, it didn't just all change from there, but the sequences of events that followed was was just perfect. Like I said, it, it was a perfect sequence for me to for me to enter into you know into the light. You know what I mean? And for me, having that spiritual experience, like I said, honestly, like I've thought about this, my wicked side, like the part of me that's bad, my flesh, and and my desires, right? wish that never happened to me so right. I can continue to live in the way I wanted to live. I'm like, why? I remember thinking, why did that happen to me? Because now I know without a doubt, like his power just intervened into my life in such a way that m most people probably will never get to experience. Honestly, I probably sound like a madman talking about it. Like, yeah, but you know... <laughs> What the difference is, though, and, and why a lot of people won't experience that is because they've never reached out to God that mm -hmm. way. Oh, man. You man. know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. the, the saying is, seek and you shall find. Amen. Knock and the door will be open for you. Mm -hmm. And and Jesus is knocking on your door to come in, too. Right. You know what I mean? And if you open that door, he will come in. Yes. You know? And so, if you're out there and you're struggling, you know, seek God. You know, seek a higher power. Ask Him to come into your life. And, you know, ask Him to show you how to live clean and sober. And then take the necessary steps to do what you can do to get clean and sober. And give the rest to God. You know, I, I remember when I first got sober, it was just like, it was just like that. I reached out and, you know... And I immediately just had the faith that it was going to be okay. Like, I remember getting that peace and, and being like, I'm just going to do everything within my power to stay sober. And I'm going to give the rest to God. Mm -hmm. And then like start to walk in that faith. You right. know what I mean? And like not put so much energy on outcomes and expectations, but just like walk in that faith that this is all in God's plan. Yeah. And like try to get out of my will and try to get out of my ego right. and my selfish desires right. and like try to align my will with God's will and like walk in that faith and 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 not worry about the outcome. Right. Like just do the next right thing. Right. Take the next right step. Pray about the next right step. Mm. Like seek guidance mm. and then listen to that guidance 
and listen to the conviction in your mind right. telling you what to do, what not to do, you know, and then listen to other people that have recovered, yes. you know, read the literature, yes. get in your Bible, like do the things that are suggested in these programs of recovery, fellowship with people, you know, with like-minded uh, goals and, and, at, and, you know, like-minded situations and, and things that they want to do with their lives, right. you know, like fellowship with fellow Christians, fellowship yeah. with people in recovery, you know, and, and build a life style of recovery right you know because when i'm out there in the streets i'm all in right and i'm living that lifestyle to the fullest and like we have to learn how to live clean and sober and like change everything right you know we gotta you know that grind and that you know i also i often think like i need to convert that grind and that hustle or that determination that i had for drugs right for and, and to flip it and turn that term determination for God and bettering myself. Right. You know, that's, and, and, and they, you know, obviously I want to, you know, there's, you know, you want to build a business and be successful. That determination, I'm not going to stop until I get what I want. That's what happened yeah. when I was on drugs. You yeah. know what I mean? It was that Nothing's going to stop you. <laughs> Nothing, bro. I will hop on a train and do yeah. this and that, bro. Nothing. You you you'll reach the yeah you 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 go to the depths of this world and yeah so find if yourself. you're willing to put that same energy towards recovery oh, man. you got a great shot yeah you know what I mean? it doesn't even have to be that that's actually a lot that same dude, put in a <laughs> put in a percent yeah a percentile dude yeah and sure. you're you're in good shape bro you yeah. you got it you're 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 gonna be in the right direction you know yeah hundred percent dude. So what, what do you feel has changed in your life since like walking with Christ and like walking in a life of recovery and faith? Like, bro, what's the difference? You know, I've been entrusted with so much in this recovery process, man. I've been given so much that I should not be given, man. The, the trust that I have with my, my parents don't have to lock their doors anymore. Right. My parents don't have to worry about me coming in and taking anything. You know what I mean? Uh, my, my brother, uh, you know, I'm working for him now. We don't have the best history, you know, and he trusts me now. I'm running a crew for him, driving a company vehicle. Bro, these are like, you yeah. know what I would be doing in that company vehicle? I'd go to smoking every... Smoking dope. Smoking dope, and I'd be going to every Safeway and Home Depot uh, in town. Yeah. Every single one to get that bag of dope. That's what I'd be doing with the vehicle and my addiction. But now, I've been entrusted, bro. That's the main, that's like, if I can just point out one thing, it's that. It's the trust that has been, mm-hmm. get, uh, you know, it's the trust that has been built and given to me. Um, and the re- it, it, it comes down to, you know, the, the relationship was restored yeah. between my brother and other family members and friends, you know, people that had done wrong. I was the last person that he would trust three years ago before I went to rehab. He would, he probably, he probably would have never thought, like, it didn't even cross his mind Dave was going to be running a crew for me on, right. on, on one of my biggest jobs, like, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I'd say that's, that's a big one, brother. What about, like, inside? Oh, man. How, how has the way you feel changed, like? The way that you deal 
with situations and like the way you feel about life in general. And I'm, so, I'm slower to anger. Yeah, I was a really angry person then at myself, yeah. at other people, at my family. You know, now um, I'm really slow to that. I yeah. try to think of with a more level-headed and studied mind, like. You know, you really start to work out those, or God rather starts to work out those character defects that have been so, you know, have been ruining your life pretty much. It's the character defects that don't help you in, in, in those things, like in things like addiction, you know, yeah. it really starts to show. And, and, you know, with, with addiction comes mental illness and, and, and it's like my, yeah, like, you know, it's my thought process. I don't. I don't think the same. I think I, I think of how I can better myself, how I can help somebody. Those things were never on my mind at the <laughs> right. time. Like, what the heck? It's what all self-seeking. What is self-seeking, bro? Yeah. What like what are you talking about? Better yourself. What do you mean rehab? Rehab was a bad word, bro. Yeah, a bad word, man. Yeah, for a drug addict, the last thing you want to hear, or that's the last thing you want. Is an intervention or being told you need to go to some place called rehab, bro. And me choosing, so let me talk a little bit about the rehab that I went to. It's called God Will Provide Ministries. <clears throat> Great ministry. Um, started by Bishop Peter uh, and Serge Krakun. These guys are big time in the faith and in, 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 in leading people to Christ. And or they had this vision to help drug addicts. Yeah. Because especially in the Slavic communities at the time, um, in the church communities, um, they kind of pushed away drug addicts. We weren't really oh, like they didn't, like like you know they didn't know how to deal with it. So come here comes along. God will provide. It's a ministry that 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 puts rehab and church together. Like the church is founded around the rehab. Yeah. Like a lot of people look up to seeing people going inside of the rehab centers and. And they see a whole new man that gives people hope and faith. Like yeah. it's really wonderful what it does for the church. People that never touched a drug in their life, they see they see you come in. The restoring power. The restoring power of Christ, and it really does help people that never even touched a drug. You know. Absolutely. So that's the ministry. You know that that's the rehab that I went to. Kind of it's strict. It's free. And. You know, that was pretty much the best option for me at the time. You know what I mean? I didn't... The last thing I wanted to do was cost my parents more money and go to a rehab that costed money, right? right. So I pretty much... It wasn't easy. I had to humble myself. You know, I bumped heads with the leaders and they made my program hard and this and that. But one thing that, you know, humbling myself did is I was exalted in due time. I literally humbled myself under the mighty hand of God. Right. And he exalted me in due time. And it happened pretty quickly. I got out of rehab. A, a prevailing wage job just lands on my head, bro. Blessings just start. Things just start happening. It's weird how that happened. Right. Right? All, all of a sudden. <laughs> all of a sudden. When you're trying to, you know, better yourself and, like, you know, <laughs> trying to live in God's will and, and get mm. out of your own way. You mm. know, all of a sudden it's like no longer fighting upstream mm. you know that's what it felt like i was always just like fighting upstream right Things just wouldn't work out for me right relationships and jobs and like whatever bro yeah. i just felt like i was just fighting to keep my head above water right you know 
And now in, in recovery, it's like, I can't miss, dog. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's like things just fall into place seamlessly. Like, I don't, I don't have to struggle for anything. Right. You know? And a lot of that is because I just walk in complete faith that it's happening for the right reason. Right. Even if, like, it's not necessarily in my favor. Right. It's like it's in you God's favor. You don't feel favor. good about it, yeah. It, 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 it's yeah. happening for God's purpose. You know what I right. mean? And, uh, but, you know, it, it also goes back to that law of attraction. Like, when you're praying prayers of gratitude, uh-huh. you know, and you're living in gratitude, and, like, you have an optimistic outlook on life, mm-hmm. and you're putting that out there, you get that back. Yeah. You know what I mean? When you're in the 100%. flow of life and are living in God's will, and, like, being of service, and, like, loving on people, and being compassionate, and and walking righteously, seeking God, and, like, trying to advance the kingdom of God, and help people in need, and just be a light, like, the universe blesses you for that, bro. It's it's without... It just comes at at you, every fiber of the universe just comes, comes in blessing you. Yeah, 100%. It's not easy. You'll still ride out your storms. Yeah. And But the difference is you're going to praise God in those storms. Right. That's where real uh, spiritual maturity starts to show. Look at Job, man. Everything was stripped of that, man. Yeah. And But yeah, he never even cursed God. Right. I mean, he did say some stuff. There's some stuff in Job. Like, it sounded like he was cursing God, but he never did. Right. He was questioning God. Every man would be like, what the heck if everything was stripped of you all yeah. of a sudden, suddenly, yeah. you know, but at the end of the day, you know, Job had that faith and he, he did, you know, he stuck with God and, and yeah. what happened, who came out on top, it's going to happen every time yeah. he, he, he came back wealthier with a bigger family and more prosperous, yeah. you know, for, for you get, you get rewarded for, for being obedient to God, 100%. period. That's that's just how it's been for my that's 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 one thing through obedience, I I, I I find major blessing. Yeah, and that's like a I've noticed it's a progressive thing. Like the more I'm obedient, mm. and like the more I try to align my will with God's will, like the better my life gets. Right. You know, you know the scripture. You know, uh, first seek. My kingdom and it's in my righteousness and all things are gonna just pretty much happen for you. Yeah, you know, um, you don't even have to really do much. You got you got jobs. You're closing jobs. This and that. It's just happening for you. Yeah. And what are you doing on your free time? We're over here podcasting, homeless outreach. You know, faith fueled recovery. All these great things. Yeah. That is that is building God's kingdom, and. By doing so, you're you're tearing down the the evil one's kingdom. Right. That's how we 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 building it up. That is good, and we are tearing down what is bad. Okay. We are here to break strongholds because that's what addiction is. It is a demonic stronghold. We're gonna call it out for what it is. These yeah. things, these things that are after you, uh, are not your friends. They are your enemies. They are spiritual beings that are not. They don't want you to prosper. Yeah. They hate you. You just got to stay, stay on him, you know. On him, dude. I just feel like I got my foot on the devil's neck. Boom, right on his neck, bro. You've been given authority to stomp on serpents all in Christ's name, bro. Woo, that is fire. Yeah. That is power. Yeah. Like, 
I don't, I'm not just a Christian just to be a Christian. I go, I'm a Christian because of power. Right. Power. That's it, man. We are the restoring power of God. Power. You know what I'm saying? Power, baby. And in the, in the, in the, in the most uh, cleanest, genuine way possible. Power, man. You know, not that power, self-seeking thing that we see nowadays. I'm going to build my kingdom. I'm going to make my money. I'm going to do what I want to do. No, the power of God we're talking about here. You know, and it's beautiful. And it's so, it's so important in today's day and age. Like, more important now, in my opinion, than potentially any other time. Because, you know, because of mass media, and like, because people in all over could see this video and, like, be influenced by the message, right? Mm -hmm. And the way that the world is right now, it's chaotic, mm -hmm. and it's... It's dark, right. you know, and it, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of evil in the world. There's a lot of pain and suffering in the world. Homelessness, drug addiction, turmoil, sex trafficking, all types of horrible things. But on the other side of that, there's also a great awakening happening. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of people being called to God. Mm -hmm. There's a great revival happening in the Amen. States. And all over the world, yeah. you know, and as much as the media tries to tamper that down, yeah. you cannot tamper down the power of God. <laughs> no, no, it's no. not possible. No, the word as much as as much as fucking Instagram and and YouTube want to want to restrict Jesus content, yeah. you cannot restrict the power of Jesus no, Christ. It's gonna get out. It will prevail. Right. You know, and so to be on the winning side of that, and to try to advance the kingdom of God in the darkness, that is the great commission. Right. Right? That is the great commission to advance the kingdom of God. Right. And it's even more important in today's time because everything is pushed the other way. Right. So to be the light in the darkness. And for us, you know, coming from where we came from and like being a, guys that were in the streets and like tied up in that whole life, for other men like us to see us flip the script and to be walking with God and, and you know, turn our whole lives around and be successful and, and happy, joyous, and free, right. like, it's very important and powerful. Right. You know? Yeah, it's great, to, it's great to recognize and point out these things on a constant, man, because what's the point of recovery at that point, man? Like, yeah. the one thing that people, you know, they... they they make out recovery to be really boring. Right. And it's not. No, it's, it's way It's the most joyous, happiest thing you could do. So much better. I, 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 I sit here with gladness and yeah. I rejoice in my heart. Yeah. And, and Genuinely. Yeah, genuinely, bro. Not lying not to myself. Not fabricated. Not, right? not drug-induced happiness. The, the, the genuinely happy. Point-blank freaking truth, brother. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, that's just... And if you would have seen us... Out there in the streets, you'd been like, these guys don't have a fucking chance. <laughs> these knuckleheads. Oh, no, they don't. They we don't. were a fucking nightmare. A nightmare. Right. So, you know, Running for us, us, yeah, dude, for us to be here, like, when people say in recovery you'll get a life beyond your wildest dreams, like, I never in a million years could have imagined you and I being in this place right now. In this predicament, yeah. Like, Talking about recovery. Well, well, like I mentioned at your wedding when I came up to speak, man, only only God 
could have predicted where we stand today. Amen. Who was looking at us at that time and thinking, these guys are going to have a podcast about recovery Yeah. in my name? Who? And Jesus was. Yeah. Nobody else. It was God, bro. Nobody else thought that thought, bro. Right. Nobody but God. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, 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 and we actually did make it out, and it, and it is becoming a reality. You know, this is yeah. something... I've honestly thought about doing something like this in my addiction. See, like, I was the type, honestly, in my addiction. I'm not saying it's, this is good or bad or whatever, but this is me. I, I prayed before I went inside that store or, or even some shots. Like, God, I'm not living right. But I know that you're there, and don't let me get popped this one time. You know what I mean? But it's like a genuine prayer, and here I am, you know. It's that little bit of faith, man. It doesn't even take much. My my understanding and my relationship with God at that point was, like, uh, basically unexistent. But I did have that faith, you know what I mean? Sometimes that's all you need. That's all you need, that mustard yeah. seed, brother. And, uh, you know, I just want to tell you, like, how proud of you I am, you know what I mean? Right back at you, To man. see To see the journey that you've overcome and, and to... You know, to see the way that your life has blossomed, you know, through recovery and, like, continues to get better and, like, you know, the more obedient you are and, you know, the more that you, you know, follow this path, you know, the better your life is going to get. Yes. And uh, I love you, dog. Yeah, I love I'm you so too, grateful. bro. And uh, I look forward to many more of these. Hey, absolutely. And likewise, man, we, you know, super proud of you, brother. I like what you've done here. I am all in on this ministry and I'm yeah. you know give me the call man whenever I'm, I'm willing to take the call brother amen yeah god bless I'm glad to be here recovery addict stay tuned let's do this love you yeah love you dog Victorious, we became, but never forgot where we came from. Life or death, not a game. We came to change the lane. Recovery addicts, that's the name. Give yourself a break, just one day at a time. You were born to shine, so live and let love be forever. My sister, my brother, don't give in. Please remember, the lie is dead. We do recover. Welcome home.